0: You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. I'll never forget the day I got contacts. It was literally yesterday. No, I'm kidding. You know, people say that, like, I'll never forget the day, and then, yes, I'm like, when did that happen? you're like, wait, it was like an hour ago? Like, okay, fine, yeah, big talker. Like, really, you'll never forget it? You know, come back in five years from now. So it wasn't actually yesterday that I got contacts. It was maybe, I was in my teens, so I was in high school. Um, But I remember I had this thought, like, I would never be able to, I, I always thought I would never be able to put in contacts. And just, like, the mere thought of, poking my eyes every morning, every evening. I thought I would never be able to do it until my doctor, Dr. Dr. Granick, he, he did something that, that changed my life. First of all, he got me to start wearing contacts. And second of all, the way that he got me to do it, the method, that the, the thing that he did, it was just, that's something that I'll, I'll never forget. I remember, again, I was in my teens and he sat me down at a table across from an eight-year-old girl And it was this eight-year-old little girl's first time also putting in contacts. So here I was, an older teen, and there's this little girl, an eight-year-old, and for the first time in my life, for the first time in her life, we were both putting in contacts. And he told us we're having a race, me versus her. And, And I remember thinking, like, are you kidding me? I'm a high school guy. Like, I'm not going to lose to an eight-year-old girl. There's no chance in heaven I'm going to do that. Of course I'm going to win. And I forced myself. I think it took about 40 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. And I won. I was so proud. I, again, I didn't like trash talk and things like that. I, yeah, I leave trash talking to like my brother-in-laws and things like that. I, I didn't want to do that. But, but just the, it was like an ego thing. I wasn't going to give up. I wasn't going to lose to a little girl. Um... It, the the whole eye doctor industry I always thought was fascinating um the different parts of the eyes um you know it, it, it's it's very it's, there's so many interesting things so many interesting ideas when it comes to the eyes in fact it, it, even in the torah and J- Yiddishkeit and Judaism the eyes are considered the gateway to the soul right you could look at someone in their eyes and you could you could gauge wait this person is you know god forbid maybe high or drugged up, or or this person is sweet and idle, there's so much you can see just by looking into the eyes. The eyes are the gateway to the soul. It's very interesting, right? You ever go to the eye doctor, speaking of an eye doctor, and they put this like drop in your eye, these like yellow drops in your eyes in order to dilate it, right? Your eyes become dilated that way they could go. Look inside, shine a light. They could see, they could see. And then you got to, you know, be embarrassed the rest of the day or these nerdy sunglasses. I get it, get it, I get it. Um, But it's interesting. I did research on this once and I came to a fascinating I came to a fascinating research study there's a book um, called the psychology of reading an interdisciplinary approach second edition and in it it says relaxation of the muscle causes dilation of the pupil which may become as much as 17 times the size of minimal aperture and what i took from here is something absolutely astounding When the eyes get dilated, right, and that's when the pupil, the black part of the center of the eye, becomes so large, that is 17 times potentially larger Then, when the pupil is so minimally small, when the aperture, when the size of the pupil is much smaller. So the difference in size and potential in the pupil, according to this, is 17 times. And I was thinking about this, you know, there's no coincidences. And Hashem Hashem created the world, Hashem created physicality, Hashem created spirituality, and oftentimes we can find the synthesis, we can find where things correlate and things connect, Perhaps, maybe, just maybe, there's a connection over here. There's a 17 times difference between the eyes when they're most dilated to least dilated. Isn't that interesting? 17. What's the significance of 17? 17 is the numerical value. It's the gematria of tov. Good. Good. Right, We know there's a concept, there's a concept in in Avos, there's a concept in, in, in Musar and Mahshavah, and thought of someone who is um, a narrow eye, a tsarus ayin. Tsarus ayin is somebody who's stingy, um, but literally it means a narrow eye. And if you think about it, when someone's eye, literally when their pupil is narrow, right, that means it's letting in very little light. But when someone allows their eyes to dilate, Potentially, right, and and again, the difference in size, 17 times, The, the more dilated the eyes are, the more light comes in. And that's exactly why you have to wear sunglasses when the eyes are so dilated, because we're not used to having so much light. But it's interesting because seventeen is tov; it's the numerical value of tov, and the opposite of seeing and living with tsaros ayin, of living with stinginess, of living in a state where you're you're seeing narrow your narrow vision and and not seeing the big picture, and not seeing positivity. The opposite of that is seeing tov; is hakoras tov; is is recognizing the good. Right? Is the opposite of tsaros ayin means stingy and not being a giver. Is no, no. Satov, recognizing the good. There's value in others. There's value in giving. There's value in being part of the overall community, right? And it's also on a person's own level. A person could have Tsarizayan and be stingy and have this wrong, narrow perception of the world or of himself and of his ability to produce and contribute to the world. Or a person can live with that realm of Satov and value the good in himself and bring that to the forefront. And so perhaps it's not a coincidence. The same 17 times the difference. We have to try to bridge the gap. Instead of being Tsar and being so small in our aperture and our ability to see and focus and realize the beauty of the world around us and what we're capable of doing and achieving, let us strive to open that vision, to let in more light, to let in more spirituality, to let in more tove, to let in more good, and see that abundance, feel that abundance, embrace that abundance and 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 live with that. It's very interesting that in this week's Parsha, when it comes to the Tsaras, one of the manifestations of Tsaras, again Tsaras is um it's a physical malady, but it's from a, it's from speaking Lashan Hara. It's somebody who who has who has sinned and done wrong, and one of the first manifestations of tsaras is on the home. It's on the bias, and it's actually brought down. It's brought down by the chida. It's brought down by the kliyakar. That one of the causes for why tsaras appears on the home is because of tsaras ayin st- stinginess. A person wasn't willing to give from his home he wasn't willing to give from his assets from his means from his monetary value from his monetary situation he wasn't willing to give and therefore ultimately he got Saras on his house and it had to be destroyed but it's very interesting what happens when the house gets destroyed rashi if you look over there tells us that the emorites they they hid treasures inside the walls during the 40 years that the Jewish people were in the Midbar. So what happened? The person spoke Lashenhar, He was stingy. He had haughtiness. We demolish his home. Yet what happens when we demolish his home? We find the treasure that the Emirates had hidden inside that home. It's kind of like when a father gives a son a potch, right? And yet, it might be painful, it might hurt, but there's a certain level of love in that potch. There's a certain level of literally closeness in that potch, right? If the father wasn't there, if the father was out of town or was in prison or was on a different planet, he wouldn't be able to do that potch. The fact that the, the the kid got a potch meant that there was a proximity, there was a closeness, there was a juxtaposition, there was this... there was this certain level of uh, sincere and intimate closeness between the father and the son. So yeah, the potch hurt, but remember... There was a, there was a the, father, the, father is, the father is right there. So at the same time this person's house is being demolished and being destroyed, he's still finding that closeness. He's still finding that silver lining, that ray of hope, that, that level that Hashem never gave, really gave up on him. There's, he found treasures, after all, in his home. You know, this week, besides for being Parshish Mitzvah, it's also the Shabbos, it's the week before the holiday of Pesach, the holiday of Pesach, the holiday of Passover, it's all the same thing, and it's called a special name, it's called Shabbos Hagadol, the Great Shabbos, and if you look in the Torah, if you look in the commentaries, the primary reason it's called that is because the Exodus, we know historically in the year, in the Jewish year, 2448, took place on Yom Hamishi, on a Thursday. Five days before that was the 10th of Nisan, which the Torah tells us each Jew should take a set, a lamb. A lamb was the deity, was one of the deities, was one of the gods in Egypt. And there was this nes gadol, this great nes, the fact that the Jewish people can take the deity of Mitzrayim and go ahead and save it to be slaughtered, ultimately on Pesach. And that, the ability that the, and the fact that the Jewish people were able to do that without the Egyptians having a say in the matter, That was a miracle. That was a great miracle. And that all happened, what's five days before Thursday? Shabbos. So the Shabbos before Thursday that the Jewish people left was the 10th of Nisan. And for, you know, the rest of history, that's what we do. The Shabbos before Pesach, we commemorate Shabbos HaGadol. And there are many, many commentaries, many understandings, many different angles and understandings, Shabbos, Haggadah, but I wanted to address just another, just one more. And that relates to the idea we've been discussing, the idea of not being tzara of not being stingy, of not looking narrow, of not having that small level of people, Larry, aperture, if that's even a phrase, right? But it's opening it up wide. It's that 17. It's the tov. It's that akarsah tov. It's the recognizing of the good, but within. And that is like this. The Svalet tells us that Shabbos HaGadol was the Shoresh HaGeula. It was the root of the Guula. Shabbos HaGadol was like the beginning of it all. It was the root of the gula the root of the redemption. And if you think about it, it's so crucial a prerequisite for experiencing redemption, a prerequisite for experiencing Ge'ulah and being a Ben Chorin and being free, is to realize that I am a Gadol, that I am great. It's to have that recognition that Hakar Satov, that I am extremely great and holy and worthy of being redeemed. And perhaps that's one of the ideas of Shabbos HaGadol. In fact, it's brought down. Once again, in the Svah in the MS, that Shabbos HaGadol, right? Just like um, Shabbos Shuvah before Yom Kippur, you have Shabbos HaGadol before Pesach. And it's in the realm of Teshuvah Me'avah, Teshuvah out of love. And there's this idea of realizing, how do you come to that Teshuvah Me'avah of love is realizing how special, how great Again, how obviously how great Hashem is, but also realizing, wait, I am Hashem's son. I am nobility. I am royalty. And once you realize that, that I am a gadol, then you realize sin, that's something that's beneath me. That's beneath my dignity to act like that, to behave like that, to think like that, to speak like that. It's beneath who I am. A prerequisite before experiencing the freedom of Pesach, of experiencing Geulah, is Shabbos Hagadol. is realizing, coming to the knowledge, the realization that I am truly noble, that I am truly great, that I am truly royalty before Hashem. And when we experience that, when we live like that, then the the Tumah, the schmutz the negativity, the impurity of Mitzrayim, the essence of sin, all of that becomes like... Wait, why why do I want to even that's like a waste of time. That's beneath who I am. That's beneath my, my it's it's like it's just like not it's just not good for me. Like why would I do that? It's been it's not that I don't want it's it's just like what what am I like it's just a waste of like why would I do that? Let's realize our godless, let's realize our greatness and in that merit we'll be ready Mir Tashem for the Geula. And this year the Pesach should be it should be a Pesach that we experience with the actual carbon Pes- pesach in the Mehera, the Amenu, Thank you so much for listening to another Torah Sparks podcast. If you like this, please rate, please review, and Amir Tushem, we'll see you next week.